Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. It is Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. One of the lead stories in the Herald this week, Bay Primary School, a gangster's paradise. Heavily armed police monitor volatile situation after children run rampant and threaten teachers. Disturbing story, staff at Cedarburg Primary School in Boyson Park are at wit's end as pupils run rampant, join gangs, threaten the teachers and classmates and allegedly hide guns and sell dacha on school grounds. It's a thorny issue. Joining us to discuss that, the Executive Director of NAPTOSA, the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa. His name is Basil Manuel. Basil, thank you very much for your time. Troubling times. What do you, what do you make of this? Darren, good morning. Certainly troubling times. I've read the stories and I've taken reports from people and uh, it's, it, it sort of mimics what is happening in one or two other places. More disturbing is the fact that this is a primary school, and primary school learners are not normally in this type of paradigm where they're running around with guns and where there are threats of of bodily injury to teachers. Children will always fight and try and solve problems with with a little bit of muscle, but this is a completely different ballgame. And I think um, one of the things that has happened is, of course, uh, the community. Is, is not a community that is free of, of gang violence, etc. But this is infiltrated into the primary school. Most disturbing, Darren, is the fact that it would appear that at least two learners could have had uh, um, guns on them. Or it is alleged that they were running around with guns and had shown them around and had threatened them. Now, I think the action that was taken to suspend uh, some of the learners that were directly involved was the right one. But then, of course, the reaction of parents um, does concern me because there seemed to be a reaction that said, but if those are suspended, you need to suspend the others as well. And um, there seemed to be a settling of scores on another level. Our teachers are, are, are caught in the middle, but more especially the other learners who've got nothing to do with this type of thing. They feel under threat. And as we speak now, less than 50% of the learners are at school. Now, that situation can't continue. You can't have police at a school permanently, but that they need to be there now is important. But there are questions to be answered. Where do children get guns from? Whose guns are they? Have those people been been uh, uh, called in? Have they been uh, charged? And then, of course, how do we solve the bigger problem? Darren, one of the uh, telling signs of our schools in the absence of teacher counselors is that teachers are expected to identify the early signs here. And honestly, with 40-plus learners per class, it is not going to be an easy job. You're not going to see the early signs of a youngster going astray. And that, by the time you realize it, of course, there's a big problem already. Now, I think that uh, the governing body feels particularly uh, threatened because parents are not necessarily supporting the full decision. I, I think the school... Um, teams, um, be, be they the, the management team or the, uh, the, the teachers themselves, are feeling vulnerable. And I think the principal is feeling particularly vulnerable. So we need a lot of intervention to try and stem this. 
but the intervention has to come from the community as well. Um, the school is a microcosm of the community. And if we don't get the community structures right, the school is forever going to be plagued. Now, the school can't fix the community. The school must be part of fixing the community. But it calls on a lot of other role players, the churches, the mosques, the temples, the um, social structures that make up the community need to be intervening, as well as, of course, the department in support of the school to show to show visible support that we are standing with this, the right decisions have been made. And then, of course, also to see that the police are there to, to assist with community issues and with the school issues. Police are on the site, as we understand, but are teachers and the department powerless when these issues raise their heads? Bad behavior, um, various other socioeconomic ills that work their way into the school system. As you said, it's a primary school. Are teachers and the Mm. department really powerless, Basil? Is there nothing that they can do to enforce some sort of discipline? No, I do believe that they play a major role. And I can't say for sure whether at the school the actions that were taken um, were, were the right ones because I don't know what actions were taken specifically by teachers. So in general, in primary schools and in high schools, the, the ethos of the school is determined very much by what the, the management team, the principal, and the teachers lay down and carry through over years. Everybody starts subscribing to that set of norms. And that is what we then eventually call the ethos of the school. And you're not powerless in it. And when something different to the norm pops its head up, if it is not addressed immediately, it just gets worse. But one of the, the things where there is a little bit of powerlessness is when the community starts deteriorating so fast that you start having a wave of uh, uh, learners coming into school that are completely ignoring uh, the norms that you have established over time, etc. And then you need additional help. Now, governing bodies aren't always attuned to deal with this. They're supposed to be dealing with um, discipline coming from the home because they come from the homes. But of course, if they themselves are are not readily available and assisting, then the school is left to its own devices. And if the very parents involved are called in, but they don't respond because they don't actually believe their children are wrong, then you are sitting with all these problems where the voice of the school is being uh, diluted by other voices out there. You mentioned earlier teachers having to deal with classes of up to 40 pupils. I understand in the case of Cedarburg, the school has been built to accommodate around 750 pupils, and they're now sitting with a headcount of almost 1,200. That obviously creates a lot of tension and leads to many of these problems as well. And Aaron, it plays itself out in various ways. Uh, number one, there's overcrowding, obviously, at the school. Overcrowding simply means that every classroom is has far more children than is optimal. And that does mean that you are not going to, to, to see all the signs and children start falling through the cracks. But over and above that, 
just the, the discipline on the playground becomes a huge issue because that playground has also so not been uh, so designed that it would cater for all these excess learners. And with too many learners in a place, things start happening. And that is an easy breeding ground for ill discipline. You mentioned the word discipline a few times there, Basil. How does discipline get enforced at the coalface by teachers? Uh, kids are abusive to them, verbally abusive. They bully other pupils. How does a teacher respond immediately in that moment to, to, to have an effective impact? First of all, uh, it is about that relationship between the, 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 the teacher and the child. Teacher, uh, children only react in a certain way when they believe that they can actually take a chance with the teacher. And, of course, the teacher has to act consistently with everybody. And immediately when something is wrong, they can't tolerate it. They can't overlook it. They have to take action. And the action normally is in, 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 in the realm of these few things. Uh, the time out, taking the teacher uh, to to the head of department or the department departmental head, as they are called now, or the uh, the principal, calling in the parent, saying, "Let's attend to this. You've got to help us to attend to this." And children don't like their parents being involved in school, but that is one of the effective tools. We certainly don't advocate anything physical. That should never happen. We can't. Um, you know, reinforce more, reinforce violence with more violence. I don't want want to go down that line. And those are the tools we have. Then, of course, there are punishment cycles, whether it be uh, detention and things like that. And at its severest, uh, sometimes suspension. But children don't see suspension as punishment because they are actually on holiday. And uh, so it has become more difficult, and not all teachers have learned how to manage without themselves resorting to corporal punishment. Corporal punishment has been outlawed for more than 20 years. It shouldn't even be part of the conversation. But unfortunately, some people feel that it should come back, and some parents think that the teachers should use that to to, to uh, discipline the kids. But discipline has to be positive. If we don't uh, win hearts and minds, we lose the children forever. Basil, we are going to get comment from the Eastern Cape Education Department as well. If you were able to speak to them directly, what would your advice be to the department? How would you like to see them intervene in this matter? I would like them to support the management team and the uh, governing body in addressing the matter. Keep the teachers involved. Don't keep the teachers out of this. After all said and done, it doesn't matter what you say in the office. The teachers have to execute this. And one of the criticisms I've heard from teachers is that there are meetings called and they don't exactly know what has happened in those meetings. Keep the teachers involved. Bring the parents in. And the department must show the parents that they themselves are involved as well. It it is only by bringing everybody together that a plan can be put together. And don't forget the police. And the police must be honest about their capacity to deal with these little gangs. These are gangs of little children. They can be dealt with in a very different way than you have these huge gangs that are creating mayhem out there. We must also remember, Darren, that when a child has got a gun, 
they don't see the full consequences because they can't see what is going to happen two years down the line if I just pull the trigger. And children uh, uh, act almost instantaneously when they are faced with something. And that is where the big danger lies. Somebody gets hurt badly and the child's life is changed forever. It is a complex issue. We appreciate you joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today and sharing your thoughts. That's Basil Manuel. He's the Executive Director of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, NAPTOSA. Been a pleasure, Basil. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Davin. You have a good day. Joining us now on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann, Professor Jonathan Janssen. Prof. Reda Wits End, a primary school in Boysen Park in Kabecha. People are at their wits end. Pupils are running rampant. They're joining gangs, threatening teachers. Allegedly, guns have been found on the school, drugs as well. And it's becoming a ticking time bomb, which we're struggling to defuse. Your general comments, I know we don't operate in isolation to society, but uh, this is something that can't be left uh, unattended. No, this is a serious problem. You know, I was at the school in Shoreville the other day and uh, my workshop was interrupted when uh, somebody came running in and uh, said there's been another shooting and the teachers scrambled and so on. So these are the schools that our government has forgotten. And, and there is no way you can solve this problem within the school unless there isn't safety and security established outside of the school and around the school. So this is a problem not unique to Boysons Park or, you know, or to the Eastern Cape. Uh, you find this in, in Johannesburg, you find this in, in Cape Town. So we have a problem. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, children have to walk to school every single day through these kinds of conditions. And you, as a parent, you just got to hope that the child doesn't get, uh, you know, hit by a stray bullet, so to speak. Prof, as far as the teachers go, any words of advice for them on how to deal with these issues when they raise themselves in the classroom? Verbal abuse, bullying of other pupils, for example, contraband being brought into the classroom. At the coalface, how would a teacher ideally deal with something like that? Well, one of the most important things for the teachers to, is to learn how to de-escalate dangerous situations. So often, you know, teachers get caught in the crossfire, so to speak, and principals. You heard about the principal in Germiston who was uh, stabbed by a 13-year-old kid or shot by a 13-year-old kid. So one of the most important things to do is to learn how to de-escalate the situation in uh, in these very emotive, uh, you know, confrontations. That's the first thing. The second thing is for the school to actually prepare themselves for... The, these possibilities. In other words, even if it's, you know, uh, onerous on, on teachers is to make sure that there is some level of security before the kids get into the school. A kid who comes in with knives or, or, or guns or, or contraband and so on, uh, you know, uh, that that's just the, the kind of thing that uh, ignites these dangerous situations. So uh, there must be a way of securing the school as kids come into the school. Um, and so on. And then the third thing, of course, is to take care of your own mental and emotional health. You know, people tend to think of teachers as, you know, as just machines, you know, but these are real people who, uh, like the kids, you know, are affected in every way by the, this kind of violence and instability. So take care of your health. Nothing, nothing 
is worth losing your house for, and certainly not these kinds of uh, conflicts and uh, instabilities in school. Extremely troubling, Prof, that this is happening at a primary school. Not at all. I mean, you know, you must remember there's a lot of overage children in primary school, number one. Secondly, a lot of these children, uh, precisely because they're in primary school, are regarded by the gangsters as, as fair game, you know, because nobody's, nobody's going to suspect a private school child of, of carrying a gun or, you know, being a, a conduit for for tech or dacha or whatever the case might be. But it also shows you the extent to which schools are, you know, the school fence is quite meaningless, you know, because of the traffic uh, in both people and illicit substances and so on across the, the uh, through the gates of the, of the school. So, um, uh, so this is a very difficult problem to resolve. If there was one area of society, uh, one area in which you need a multi-sectoral approach to solving this in the long term, it is the problem of violence in schools. You need to have the community on board. You need to have the parents involved. Uh, you need to have the police, you know, uh, visible uh, in those in those communities. And you need the Department of Education in every province. You know what? I'm working in a school that's quite troubled right now, uh, you know, and most mornings I'm there. And what is always very interesting, it's it's not the old school. It's normally about 10, 12, 15, 19 kids, you know, from troubled homes, from dangerous, you know, uh, liaisons that cause the trouble in the school. And the department should allow for those children to be taken out of the school place in special schools somewhere, give them the necessary, you know, emotional uh, and, and psychological and other kinds of support. Uh, and if they recover, to bring them back into the school. But it is somebody's pipe dream to think that you can have the small clique of very dangerous young people in a school and, uh, and still run the school competently. You can't teach. A lot of the teachers are now doing crowd control as opposed to teaching their subject, what they were trained for in the first place. So the fact that this cannot be solved by the school on its own is very clear to me. Appreciate your thoughts as always. Thank you very much for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines, Professor Jonathan Janssen. Have a good day, sir. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.